0: is there anything sweeter than that? The laughter of a baby. And today on Focus on the Family, we're going to hear about God's amazing, perfect design for babies and for parenthood. Your host is Focus president and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller.
1: John, having kids has been one of the greatest blessings of my life, and I tell my boys my only regret is not having more children. It always makes them smile when I tell them that, Mm. and uh, I want to encourage young couples today. Start your families. Uh, Even though the world seems so uncertain right now, it's always going to be that way, and kids bring you so much
0: joy and hope. I would agree, Jim, and of course, as the pandemic continues, uh, researchers are really interested in seeing what effect these stay-at-home orders are having and all of the uh, uncertainty on birth rates in the coming days.
1: Yeah, and some say there will be a baby boom because of all the stay-at-home orders, which makes some sense, while others are saying fewer people will have children because of all the stress and the economic recession we're experiencing. Either way, the idea of being responsible for human life can be overwhelming. So today, we've wanted to share a conversation we had before the pandemic with a pediatrician to give some inspiration and practical help for parents, especially the first-time parents. And our
0: guest is Dr. Robert Hamilton. Uh, Bob has been for over three decades a pediatrician. He has even more experience as a dad of six kids and the grandfather to nine kids and you may have heard of him because uh, of the hamilton hold Uh, he's created this approach to holding a baby to soothe that crying baby and made a video of that. It went viral on YouTube. Millions have seen it and John,
1: Dr. Bob actually uh, taught that hold to one of our staff members who at the time had just uh,
0: become a dad and it was a sweet moment to watch that. We got that on video (laughs) and we're going to have that on the website and we'll also have uh, there at the site Dr. Bob's book, Seven Secrets of the Newborn, Secrets and Happy Surprises of the First Year. Uh, The video and the book are at Focus on the family.ca. Let's go ahead and listen in now to the conversation with Dr. Robert Hamilton on today's episode of Focus on the Family.
2: And I want to say welcome, Dr. Bob to Focus on the Family. I am totally delighted to be here, Jim, and John, it's a pleasure.
1: I'm so intrigued by uh, kind of the opening here that when you and your wife, your wife's name is Leslie. Leslie, when you and Leslie had your first baby, uh, you were still a student, is that right? I, I was an undergraduate at UC Davis. So, and medical student. I was actually an undergraduate. Yeah, I was studying biology or? Biochemistry. But Okay, so there you were, and you have this baby, you and Leslie, and you're nervous bringing this child home. Of all the people in the world, I'm thinking this guy should be the least nervous person.
2: You know, I'm not sure I was nervous. I think I was clueless, <laughs> and there's a difference. Uh, but yeah, my son Josh, uh, he did survive, by the way, but we were... <laughs> we were young. <laughs> we were 22. And I think that you probably, you guys know this uh, that you know, the frontal cortex of men is not completely mature until they're about 24, 25. I raised my hand and say I was one of those uh, unformed individuals. But uh, God gave us a kid at 22. And, uh, you know, listen, fortunately, I have a delightful, wonderful wife, Leslie, uh, who I've been married to for 46 years. I'm very proud of that. Mm. And she was mature. Her brain yeah, was more mature. They're ahead of the game. They are ahead of the game. And uh, fortunately, my, my dear Leslie uh, had the major responsibility of taking care of Josh.
1: Yeah. And you were a good support person, I'm sure.
2: <laughs> I, you know, I was a young kid. And I, I look back and think about uh, our life then. It was a simple life. It was a wonderful life. And yes, I did fall ridiculously in love with uh, my son and my other children, and when they came, I couldn't help myself. And you're the father of six.
1: Yes. So you have done
2: this well. (laughs) I've done it. uh, You've done it often. (laughs) I'll I'll let you interview my children and find out about the well part. i tried.
1: Let me get to it in terms of the culture. Here you are, a physician, a pediatrician in Southern California. Your practice is right there in Santa Monica. Um, But you had a friend when you first had your baby, your firstborn, and that friend said something to you that I think is very typical of what is said today. Don't you know that kids are a burden? Don't you know that, you know, this isn't, what are you doing? What are you thinking? Speak to that issue. You're seeing young couples every day, probably in their late 20s and 30s, bringing in their newborns. I'm sure you're observing that the age of couples having children is moving a little older. So kind of bundle that into a package with us. What is this fear and why are people so down generally about having kids?
2: You know, it is a phenomenon. I think that you know, when you look at children, you think about children. First of all, I think that we have cohorted ourselves in our modern world. You know, teenagers hang out with teenagers. You know, older people hang out with older people, and we, we have divided our families up into these little cohorts. Ah, yeah. If you go to other countries, Jim, and I, and I spend a fair amount of time in the third world in Africa. I just literally got back from Cuba a couple of days ago. And I will tell you that when you go there, there's an integration of the young and the old. That's true. And so what happens is when you're in your high school, you're in college, you're in graduate school, whatever, you're not around children. And when you don't really realize that the joy and the delight and and but the result of that, okay, to get to your question, Jim, is that why are people kind of, quote, down on, on having babies? Because they don't know. They don't know the joy, the blessing that children bring. And you're right. The demographic is, is changing. People are getting married later, number one, partly because of – you know, their professional desires and what they want to do. And that's and un- commitment issues and all kinds of things. All those things. Yeah. And that's understandable. But people are, are, when they do have children, when they finally get to the point where they have a child, they kind of go, wow, where have I been? Right. That's the experience we had.
1: Describe that new parent attitude that you mentioned in the book. You call it the new parent attitude. What attitude is that?
2: Well, the attitude is a little bit – first of all, they're, like I say, they're older. And so they've kind of thought through this whole thing. And they've read a lot of books. They've been to seminars. They've been to their prenatal classes and everything. So they're like, <laughs> you know, academically, they're, they're ready. They're they ready their for their plan.
0: They're ready oh, to oh, work Oh, they, the they plan. got it all.
2: Yeah. And, and I think, too, that, you know, they're also looking at other people – and we're all human. We all do that. Uh, And they're seeing the things that other people are doing. But I think that the attitude I'm talking about is they can't mess up. They got to get it right. They got to get everything perfect. But you and I know we live in an imperfect world. And we all know that our parents are are not perfect. And and, and, (laughs) And we as
1: parents are not perfect. And and
2: yes, and we are not perfect. And so, but if you're trying to be perfect, that puts a, a, a burden on your back that it's hard to actually live up to.
1: That's true. I wrote a book called When Parenting Isn't Perfect and a friend of mine said, why'd you use the word when? (laughs) Which was really good. I thought to myself, you know what, you're absolutely right. I don't know why. It's never perfect. Parenting isn't perfect. Never perfect. Um, The idea of that burden though, I want to give you 30 seconds, maybe 45, you take your time, of making the pitch as a pediatrician as to why having children is a good thing. What benefit do we derive from having children?
2: Okay. Well, 45 seconds, Jim, is I'll not I'll stretch it not, to a minute. <laughs> not fair. <laughs> but here is why. Children do so much for you. They, they radically change who you are, fundamentally change. I mean, the, basically, your brain changes, and I can prove that to you physiologically and even uh, looking at your brain under a, a functional MRI and show you that you're a different person. So that transformation from... Non children to a, a someone who has a child is powerful, and if you engage the process, you will look around, you realize, and you you do this retrospectively, you look back at your life and you say, "I'm a different person." Now, not everyone can have children, and I and yes, I don't mean to exactly speak, right. I, you know. And some people have reasons for not having children. God bless them. I I wish them well. But for those who have children, it, they children fill your life with joy. Delight, they lead you to new places in life that you would have never gone before. But uh, the point is, is that children enlarge you in a profound and wonderful way. Hmm. They
1: do. And it's, uh, man, I don't know. When I'm talking to young people, you know, the 20-somethings again, I'm trying to encourage them. You Don't hold back. And have children, and uh, don 't be have fearful, children. why do you think the culture though I mean that fear thing is gripping so many twenty thirty somethings there 's just a, a fear that they don 't have enough they aren 't good enough they won 't do it well. My parents messed up with me i 'm probably going to do the same thing, right. I mean, yeah. all the those cantations that are running through their heads. Yeah, just stop it. Uh, it's amazing how natural it comes to be a good parent.
2: Uh, you're completely right, and I will tell you. Listen, we come into life with all of the thing, the burdens, and the, and the things that who we are, our background, everything. People are not having as many children these days. Number one, and so that if they only have one child or two children, they have to make sure that each one of them is. They do it right, okay? Not that we, people who have a lot of kids, don't want to do it right for every one of them, but the idea that uh, you want to get it perfect, you know, you don't have too many chances, this thing uh, with parenthood, and you don't want to mess up. The other thing, too, is people, like we mentioned, people are having their children later in life. Uh, When we were 22 and we had our first child, uh, Josh, I can tell you that I never thought I kind of it was very organic. It wasn't like I was thinking through all the things I should have been thinking through. I never worried about him getting sick. I didn't worry about all the things that you needed to do. I wasn't saving for his college fund. You didn't wrap him in bubble wrap? <laughs> I, I didn't know to do that. I, I, I suppose if I would have known that, I would have, you know. But we, we loved him very, very sincerely and uh, very simply. And it, that's kind of how it was.
0: Hmm. That's good. Well, we're talking today on Focus on the Family with Dr. Robert Hamilton. And uh, he's got this great book, Seven Secrets of the Newborn, Secrets and Happy Surprises, of the first year, (laughs) uh, go ahead and get a copy of the book at focusonthefamily.ca or call us 800-the letter A and the word family.
1: Uh, Dr. Bob, I want to pick up on something you briefly mentioned, that is the uh, brain chemistry changes in a mom. And you and your book talk about that happening for a dad as well. So let's look at the two of them. I mean, it's (laughs) obvious, I think, for a mom, you see, uh, you know, physical changes for a mom. She's pregnant, of course, and, you know, she's having... Her body's response to that is very obvious. I'm not so sure I ever dialed into the fact that a dad's brain chemistry is changing as well. That's the
2: first time I've heard that. It's very real. And I have to say that part of, part of the research when I wrote my book is I, I actually was more aware of that. I kind of thought that, but I didn't know that. But what is happening is that, you know, listen, God in his glory wanted men and women to have children. And we need to keep these kids alive. And so that bonding phenomenon is happening during, certainly during the pregnancy for a mother because we watch oh, her, we yeah. watch her tummy grow, we watch her, all the other changes that happen in the women. And by the way, I tell parents this all the time, hormones make the world go round. It's <laughs> not way. money, it's <laughs> hormones, okay? <laughs> Spoken like a true pediatrician. Well, if you're a teenage boy, you understand, yeah. okay? <laughs> And uh, the reality is that, you know, which are being made in in the brain, they kind of infect mothers and there are things that are going on which are phenomenal. You know, obviously uh, when you're pregnant, uh, you're seeing the changes that are happening and they're phenomenal, but mothers are getting ready to be a mother. They're getting ready to bond intensely with that child, oxytocin and... Mm -hmm other, you know, Pitocin, these hormones that we hear about, they're little tiny proteins. I call them little chemical messengers, which are being sent from the brain. They have their effect on uh, all through the body, and they're preparing women certainly to be mothers. Now, for men, it's a different dynamic too. And, And we're talking about, by the way, men who are engaging the process of pregnancy with their wife. If you're not living with a pregnant woman, very odd, and I don't quite understand. I'm not sure anybody can tell this why. But men who are living, if you simply impregnate a woman and you go on your way, you don't get this. Right. Okay? But men who are living with a wife and watching her uh, go through the pregnancy, funny things happen. Your testosterone levels begin to plummet. They go down. Hmm. Your level of oxytocin, usually that hormone which causes the letdown in women, begins to go up. Uh, There's another hormone called vasopressin, which is, uh, we call it the monogamy hormone, begins to go up. And that is a hormone which causes you to want to protect your wife and child, ultimately. That begins to go up. Even pitocin, men have pitocin floating through their blood. So all of these things which, you know, listen— I don't remember uh, the phenomenon. It's been a while since my wife was pregnant. But essentially, it kind of takes the edge off of men in terms of that testosterone thing. Interesting. It really is interesting. Yeah. And so that is happening in men and clearly women, too.
0: This Focus on the Family broadcast will continue in just a moment.
1: Imagine reaching into your pocket right now and finding an extra 20 bucks or checking your wallet and finding a nice 50 tucked inside. If you like the sound of this, join the thousands of people who are finding extra money every month through DL Deeks insurance. Stop paying ridiculous rates for car insurance.
0: Contact DL Deeks today and tell them you want to save your money. Deeksinsurance.ca. That's Deeks, D-E-E-K-S
1: insurance.ca. Eli's addiction to pornography was destroying his relationship with his wife. But then, God intervened.
2: Focus on the family helped me in my marriage. Probably the exact uh, point
1: in time that I needed it. I'm Jim Daly. Working together, we can rescue more marriages like Eli's, especially during the pandemic. Please donate today at focusonthefamily.ca slash give.
0: Hey, I'm Chris. Did you know that the Odyssey Adventure Club is now available around the world? Listeners in more than 200 countries can access every Adventures in Odyssey episode wherever they are. The club is a great way to put faith into action, too, because a portion of every membership goes directly to people sharing the love of Jesus. Now, wherever you live, from Afghanistan to Zimbabwe, you can join the club today at OAClub.org. Thanks for listening to Focus on the Family. Let's resume now with the balance of today's programming.
1: You know, Dr. Bob, something that always intrigues me, and I I love science. I did a business degree. I did not do a science degree. My wife, Jean, did biochemistry. But, um, you know, the way so often science does back up God's design You know, it's not in conflict. I'm not sure why the world always tries to convince us that there's some kind of uh, Darwin thing occurring, because it seems like what a perfect way to go. But why as a doctor and as a a scientist, why is there this desire to discount these things? Uh, Even what you described right there, that men become protectors. um, I know that some in the culture just... They hate to even acknowledge that that has actually taken place. It can't be right. But it is. You're saying science is seeing it through MRIs, through watching those uh, hormones be released in our brain. It matches what God's design is for us. Why is there this conflict?
2: You know, I think it really has to do with the God thing. I mean, people who are given to, you know, atheism or that there is no God in the universe, you know, God bless them. uh, They have to have an answer, and the answer is everything is evolution or natural selection. You know, I always think about, you know, the number of—we know how old the universe is approximately. I mean, okay, I I think that is a gigantic— a leap of faith, if you want to really kind of discount God or discount, you know, a force beyond uh, evolution and natural selection, it's okay. Okay, that's their religion. Uh, I have chosen to look up to the skies and say, there's a God who loves us, and there's a God who designed a perfect plan for our lives, and that's kind of who I am. A, a good friend of mine, I, I was just traveling with him in Guatemala, he was an atheist, or he's an agnostic. I said, why did you change? And he said Bob, here's why I the Hubble telescope is out there circulating, right. and they focused a tiny literally a pinpoint of of the sky that we can actually see, and they let it kind of they they held that image, that piece of the sky, and they later developed it, and they saw that there were that one little pinpoint of the sky showed." millions and millions and millions of other stars and, right. and, you know, consolation. And he said, Bob, after I saw that, he said, I couldn't deny it. This mm-hmm. is bigger than us. That's powerful. Um,
1: Bob, let me ask you. You make the case that moms and dads are equally important in a baby's life. Uh, the mom's role seems self-evident. There's that connection. But explain why it's important for dads to be involved because, um, you know, temperamentally or whatever issues we're facing, we can either be engaged fathers or disengaged fathers.
2: Well, you know, the, this whole process of, of family You know, and you are focused on the family. And I, I, by the way, I love this program. I love you guys. I I I have supported you for for many, many years. It's been such a joy to be here. Um, Parents, you know, dads and moms bring clearly different things to the equation. But study after study has shown that when you have a father engaged in a family, those children do better. They thrive. If you have a father who's – I'm not talking about a father who shows up and is mute and doesn't engage his kids and goes and watches television after dinner. I'm talking about fathers who actually take an interest. And by the way, I will tell you that I have thousands of wonderful fathers in my practice who really do. They're people who really – you know, dads love their children as much as mothers do, of course. Uh, But when they're involved, the kids do better. Mm -hmm. And because it's a complementary thing, you kind of need both. You need a mom and you need a dad. And that doesn't always happen, certainly in our world. I see uh, many mothers who don't have a, a partner, don't have a spouse, and they're uh, God bless them, this is a tough way to go, and you know these people by name, uh, and I do too. But it's wonderful to be able to share uh, the joy of children with another person, first of all. yeah. And the burden, it is hard to raise kids and all the things that they need. Uh, it isn't for free. But when you have a dad engaged, involved, All I can say is that mothers are happier, children are happier, life uh, goes a little bit easier for everybody. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, uh, one of the things, even from my own experience with my two boys, I always felt like the early days were tough for me to connect. You know, when they're breastfeeding and you're changing diapers and they're cute – they certainly are, and they're great to hear, like we heard giggles and things like that. And you give them a bath and wash their hair, that's all fun, and dry them off and put them in the Broncos uniform. <laughs> but uh, the point is, I think for dads, it's a little harder to connect with a newborn or a three-month-old compared to an eight-year-old. Right. So speak to that, the way that fathers can connect to newborns mm. and infants uh, when we're not understanding how we can
2: you know, uh, first of all, I want to clarify one thing that ch- the children are happier. The Bronco part? Yeah. The Bronco part. Children are a lot happier when you dress them up as Dodgers. Okay. <laughs> You're right. Just want you to make that very, that very clear. That may be true. <laughs> well, you know, yes, there are years. But anyway, I, I can tell you that, you know, the reality is, yes, when early on, this is a feminine thing. It's a feminine thing to deliver a child and have a child and breastfeed and, and love that child. It's very, and I think that we look at that. Men, we, we look at the process, and I, I remember standing back in awe, and my wife, Leslie, who is such a great mom, you know, breastfeeding the child. This is their world. It's unique for them. It's, it is. Anyway, that being said, let women be women. Let them do what comes naturally and what is physiologically their role. But we are, our role is to really kind of stand back and support them and to be there. And yes, to give them a break from time to time. And to a degree, we, we're bonding with our kids in a different way. And that doesn't make it any more important, but it is a different phenomenon. What are those things that we can do? Give me
1: two or three examples. I
2: mean, I can give you many of them. First, one of the most important things that new mommies need is sleep. Okay, and they need to get that rest because if they're not sleeping, they fall into postpartum depression. So dad depression.
0: takes the child and lets mom get a nap.
2: Yeah. yeah, and it doesn't have to be any more complicated than that, mm-hmm. uh, John. Basically, what you do is you essentially, you take your child and say, honey, take a nap. Yeah. I'm going to take um, little Josh or my, you know, Noel or whoever, one of my kids, I'm going to take him around the block. And get them out of the house, get them in the fresh air, take them to the park, wherever you want to take them, take them to the beach. We have a beautiful beach in in Santa Monica. Get them out of the, you know, and and it's okay that they're not. They're away from their mommy for an hour or yeah. two, okay? And the reality is by doing that, you give the mother a break, okay? So that, that's that. Number two, I mean, listen, there are chores that have to be done with children. There are, there's food to gather. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love it. <laughs> there's uh, diapers to change. Yeah. There's uh, laundry to pick up. I mean, I can think of a, a thousand, you know, chores that need to be done. You do them. If you're there and you're help meet Okay, we talk about women and being the helpmeet to men. You can reverse that. This is time. time. This is time. And you can do that to your wife as well.
1: That's so good. Uh, Dr. Bob, I want to end here and, you know, in some ways, some practical help. You mentioned in your great book, Seven Secrets of the Newborn, uh, four cornerstones of that first year that new moms and dads should discuss. So why don't we cover those briefly as we wrap up today? And then let's come back next time and continue the discussion, okay?
2: Absolutely. So, yes, uh, Jim, there are cornerstones which I think really – listen, our goal and my goal for writing this book is to encourage families to thrive. And I thought about it. I mean clearly I kind of stood back and thought, what are the cornerstones which really make for healthy people, healthy lives? And, uh, I mean, I, I broke them down into four. There are probably a lot more. But number one, what do we believe? Uh, number two, what kind of parents are we going to end up being? Number three, what kind of communities we belong to and, and engaging our children in the community? And number four, how are we going to care for our child's health? So those are broad categories. Uh, what do we believe? Well, I was raised in a Christian home. I have been fortunate to have had mo- a mom and a dad who loved the Lord uh, Jesus very fervently, they taught me to love God. Uh, it took me a while to engage that and take that as my own, but uh, that foundation was there. And I think it's important that we engage our children in our faith. And I talk about praying for your child. They're one. They're one month of age. They don't know that. You know, they don't know what this means. They right. don't understand the words, but they do know one thing. They know that caress. They know those gentle words. And frankly, when you pray for your child, you're talking to the Lord, and when you talk to the Lord, you're thinking about God and you're thinking about the responsibility that you have before the Lord. Yeah. And so it's a profound thing. So you you know, share with your children from the very beginning of their lives that there is a God in heaven who loves them, and engage them in your faith. Because Mm -hmm. I listen. I happen to believe that our faith is the foundation, the rock upon which we build.
0: We're going to have to press pause right there uh, because we're out of time in this conversation with Dr. Robert Hamilton. We'll have more from him, though, next time.
1: John, I love Dr. Bob's heart for children and babies. And I love that he encourages parents, too, as they navigate the exciting and overwhelming time of having a newborn. I think that reflects the heart of God and how he cares so much about every detail of our lives from the very beginning. Uh, Dr. Bob's attitude is such a contrast to how the world views children, and that's why Here at Focus, we're so passionate about celebrating life. One way we do that is through Option Ultrasound. This is uh, our ministry that equips pro-life pregnancy centers with ultrasound machines and nurses training. We found that when women who are thinking about abortion see their baby on an ultrasound machine...
0: Uh, The majority of them are moved to choose life. It's a remarkable thing, and Option Ultrasound is completely funded by pro-life donors, so thank you to those of you who support this life-changing work. So far, the clinics we partner with are reporting that, together, we've saved over 459,000 babies' lives.
1: That's incredible, and we've done the math with all the numbers and the years uh, to look back on. It takes about $60 to save a baby's life through the use of ultrasound technology. If you're passionate about pro-life ministry and share that heart for babies that Dr. Bob has really communicated today, let me encourage you to join the support team. Uh, Many choose to become a monthly sustainer while others are able to give a one-time gift.
0: All of it helps. Well, it sure does, Jim, and you can uh, join the team and donate when you call 800-A-FAMILY or stop by our website, focusonthefamily.ca. And when you get in touch, be sure to get a copy of Dr. Bob's book, Seven Secrets of the Newborn. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire team here, thanks for joining us for Focus on the Family. I'm John Fuller inviting you back next time as we hear more from Dr. Hamilton. And once again, help you and your family thrive in Christ.